0: It's five minutes with me Hey, yo. welcome to Five Minutes with Marco. Today, I think it's probably more fair to say this is gonna be seven minutes with Marco, maybe seven and a half. Let's get to it. Week two of kind of a couple of rants on happiness. Last week, we talked about uh the misguided idea of happiness being the goal of uh parenting teenagers. Uh, Today, I want to talk about the happy police. So as somebody who has spent 40 years in youth ministry, the majority of that with middle schoolers, I've certainly experienced my share of embarrassing ministry moments, but most of them have centered around malaprops and other verbal blunders. Only a handful of times have I experienced the sort of embarrassment that made me angry. I was a rookie junior high pastor at a large church in the Midwest. Our aging outreach and evangelism pastor, a wonderful and gracious man, held, held massive sway in the church and our leadership due to his history and alignment with the church's values. So when he told all of us on the pastoral team about an opportunity to host an event to evangelize business leaders in our community, the other pastors went along with it. The event centered on bringing in a known motivational speaker who happened to be a Jesus-y person in private. Though no one on our leadership team would have used the term, we were going to employ the classic bait-and-switch approach to evangelism. Youth ministries have done this for decades, so I'm pretty familiar with it. Come for the haunted house, then we'll trap you in a room and scare you into heaven. Full disclosure, I wasn't that uncomfortable at that time in my maturity or spiritual journey with the bait-and-switch, but it still felt like it should be handled with a bit of finesse. I'll call the motivational speaker Bobby W. Clark, which is not his real name. He's long since passed away, so my purpose in telling this story is not to denigrate the name of a dead, privately Christian motivational speaker, but to illustrate our confusion about hope and optimism. The W in his name, whatever it stood for on his birth certificate, was part of his shtick, and he went by Bobby Wonderful Clark. And as I would come to find out, he was a very minor celebrity who had been working the corporate pump-em-up circuit longer than I'd been alive. The plan for our church's event was this. Host a nice dinner in a hotel ballroom with the opportunity to hear this wonderful business speaker. Guilt our church members, particularly those with influential business roles, to invite multitudes of business associates to attend. Slip in the gospel, and bam, more business leaders in heaven. I wasn't in business. I didn't have business associates, but my wife did. She was a low-level but professional employee at a natural gas trading company. Yes. Lots of fodder for jokes about natural gas in my junior high ministry world. So I did what I thought I was supposed to do. I pressured my wife to pressure her business associates to attend this wonderful opportunity. And one of them very reluctantly came along. The food was good enough, but good old Bobby, well, let's just say the operative word in that phrase was old. Seriously, I think he came out of retirement for this gig so he could afford another golf trip to Florida or something. I have two extremely grown worthy memories of that night, even though it was well over 30 years ago. The first of those memories was the root of my anger-tinged embarrassment. Bobby's bait-and-switch was the worst I'd ever seen. Uh, And after offering literally three minutes of businessy cliches, shorter than his introduction by the evening's MC, he launched into a horribly hackneyed and manipulative presentation of the gospel, complete with a simultaneously high pressure and confusing prayer of salvation. My wife and I were both horrified. Our church had traded on her relationships with colleagues and given them nothing more than a caricature of their worst assumptions of what the night might contain. But my second memory of that night is the reason I tell this story. Bobby had a signature move. Really. Like, no one else could do that move without saying, hey, that's Bobby W. Clark's move. I I think there's still a little twisted part of me that admires somebody who has a signature move, except Bobby's signature move went like this. He would say something like, I'm Bobby W. Clark, and I'm here to tell you life is wonderful. And when Bobby said this last phrase, which he said multiple times during his talk, he would kick one long leg high in the air. It's a bit startling the first time you saw it, since it's not a common movement for a man in a business suit. But remember, Bobby was old, and his signature move required a bit more coordination, even athleticism, than Bobby possessed by that night. The first time he attempted the kick, right after he was introduced, there was a long pause between, I'm here to tell you that life is, and... Wonderful with the leg kick and it was like he had to coax his body into action on his first attempt. He only got his leg partially up in the air and it stumbled to the side. The audience silently willed him to move on, but he was not going to leave without executing his signature move. It took him three tries, but he got it. And with newly reinvigorated confidence, Bobby busted out the leg kick three or four more times during his talk, rivaling even the Rockets. Mr. Wonderful was selling us a very, very subtle lie that even he was likely not aware of. Pretending you're happy makes life better. The core of Bobby's motivational shtick was simple. Choose to be happy, select the perky option, pretend that nothing's wrong, ignore your pain, and you'll be more productive and garner success. I mean, I like happiness. Nothing wrong with that. And I generally agree with the sentiment that life is wonderful but leg kicks and smiles won't close the gap between the life I'm living and the life I long for. Several years ago now, a little book called The Secret sold millions and became a runaway New York Times bestseller. The The essence of The Secret was simply this. Visualize the positive future you want for yourself, claim it to be true, and it will come to be. And while Christians might have chafed at that message for good reasons, we have all too often taught a version of the same. Sure, we spread a little Jesus mayo on that self-actualization sandwich. We say it's God who brings the blessing, not our own efforts of positive thinking. But really, what we've often taught and thought is only a tiny shade different. Our positive thinking allows God to bless us. Closing thought, let's not do that. Let's walk alongside teenagers, even in their pain and stress and struggle, and introduce them to the Jesus who comes to us rather than suggesting we just smile and be positive. Darn it! The Youth Cartel Podcast Network.